Um, psalm 91 is of, often referred to as an orphan psalm, meaning that there is no author uh, that is attached to it, per se. Uh, some think it was Moses. Moses wrote um, the previous psalm, Psalm 90. He, uh, it was more of a prayer, but uh, Moses penned it, and several of the ones after 91 Moses penned. But this one uh, is not attributed to him. Some think it's David. Um, uh, we'll find out when we get home. Uh, but there's no 100% certainty on who the writer is. Um, so in Psalm 90, uh, we saw the difficulties of life. That was what Moses had written about. In Psalm 91, we will see the dangers of life, but the safe place that we have in the Lord. So uh, the, the, the very great thing about this psalm is that w we see the issues that we are, we are faced, but the Lord is our safe haven. Uh, when this was written, the, uh, the dangers of uh, that particular time was deadly animals and, and disease. And uh, since then, and if we look at um, you know, the time that we live in now, we would come up with a different list. It would probably start with terrorist attacks, which you know, 30, 40, 30 or 40 years ago, we wouldn't even consider. Uh, but, but that's how we have evolved into uh, new dangers in this new century. Uh, but we as followers of Christ, we find refuge and we find wisdom in the Lord. But we're not removed from the dangers or the trials that we may be in. Uh, if you think of many of the saints uh, that have gone before us and the dangers and trials that they, uh, that they faced, you could start with uh, Moses and uh, at the Red Sea when, you know, in front of them is nothing but water and behind them uh, on every side is the enemy. Uh, th that's, that's a lot to be faced with. Or Paul, when he was shipwrecked on the island of Malta, uh, those are dangers that, that the saints faced as well. But when you have the Lord as your refuge and safe place, you can get through that. We cannot avoid every danger that confronts us, but we'll know how to get through them. And as our walk with the Lord becomes closer and stronger, we also know how to avoid the snares that Satan lays in our path. So in nine, uh, Psalm 91, we will see what is needed to live an overcoming life in the Lord. So I've broken Psalm 91 into three parts. Uh, if you can go to that next slide, Tawan, please. Uh, first, we'll see dwelling with God, then protected by God, and then the blessings of God. So uh, I'm a kind of a couple of slides type of guy. This is the last slide you're going to be looking at. But you're going to see how I've broken it up by, uh, with verses and, and, and kind of, um, you know, get a good feel for what this psalm looks like. So in verses 1 to 4, uh, we will see how um, our faith and confidence is in the Lord. But it is only when we truly dwell with Him. So let me read those first couple of verses. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. You know, key word here is dwells. Uh, 
And dwells gives you a different connotation than having a walk with the Lord, which is important. But when you dwell, it means to abide, to stay, to live in a certain place. When we dwell in the Lord, it has a deep meaning. It means we have a life of communion with him. We are safe with him. We are secure with him. And most importantly, we are at home with him. It is a familiar place, okay? We are dwelling with him. And so we we know that when we make time to be alone with him, we have a peace and a serenity that's unknown to those who don't know him. We have chosen him to be our guardian. It's the safest place for us to be. And it's under his shadow that we are most safe. But we have to make that quiet time. We have to be intentional about it. If you, if you think you're going to get to it, you usually don't. You have to have an intentional time during your day, in the week, where you're going to spend some time with the Lord. If you put it off, or you think you're going to get to it, uh, usually the busyness of life will get in the way. In verse 2, the writer pens that no matter what anyone else may say of the Lord, I will say he's my refuge and fortress. He is the guardian where we are safe from the storm. He is strong. He is unmoving. And the psalmist then writes that his trust is in God. If God is our safety, our strength and security, why would we trust in anything else? He's immovable. He's unchangeable. Scripture tells us he loves us with an everlasting love. And he wants what's best for us. So look back at these terms. He's strong, he's unmoving, provides our safety, our strength, security. He's immovable, unchangeable, and he loves with an everlasting love, a forever love. And he always wants what is best for us. So then you have to ask yourself, why wouldn't we have a full and complete surrender to his will knowing these attributes of how he loves us, why wouldn't we have a complete surrender? A complete surrender is how you show that you fully trust in him. As I was uh, just reading kind of over my notes just a couple hours ago, uh, there's another way that you can show your trust in him. And that's, will you trust him in your service to him? Do you trust that he will give you what you need when you need it? It is, uh, I've been saying this for a long time, but when you have that uncomfortable step that the Lord is asking you to take, and it is not an easy one, but you know that that is what he wants you to do, you have to trust in him that he's going to give you what you need when you need it. I think of, uh, you know, when we first started serving in this church and you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that the Lord told me to, to serve. And as that started happening, the more I served, the more my wife served. And, um, you know, being 
um, you know, a quiet person, you know, when she first had to teach in the uh, children's ministry, um, she prepared probably, I don't know, 40, 50 hours that week of, you know, their crafts and, and getting everything done because it was uncomfortable for her. Uh, plus, you know, there's, you, you get concerned, well, some of these kids might know the story I'm going to teach better than, I'm, than I know it. So it was uncomfortable for her. There's been times where things are uncomfortable for me, and uh, that's a good thing. I have to trust in him that he's going to provide uh, what I need when I need it. And, and so for you to um, fully understand or fully appreciate God's uh, love for you, it can also be in your service to him, trusting him to provide what you need. Looking at verse 3, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. When this was written, uh, bird trapping uh, was an art. And so when you see the snare of the fowler, uh, that is that art that uh, a bird trapper uh, had perfected. The spiritual parallel, of course, is Satan lays out snares and traps for us. And we need the Holy Spirit to guide us through those things, or else we will step right into them. One of the first verses uh, that I memorized uh, years ago was Ephesians 6.11, put on the whole armor of God to be able to take your stand against the wiles of the devil. And we really need all of it. The breastplate of righteousness, the helmet. We need all of these, all of the armor of God because the devil has well thought out plans. He knows your weaknesses, my weaknesses. Without the Lord's help, uh, we will be uh, in the same uh, state that we were prior to even coming to the Lord. So I need to, uh, I need the help of the guardian with a capital G, meaning the Lord. I need his help. I need to dwell with him to know his plans for me. I need him to help me overcome Satan and his schemes. I need him to help me with my own flesh and overcoming my fleshly desires. The, sna the snares of Satan are often unseen when we are not walking with the Lord, or perhaps we've backslidden. But when we dwell with the Lord, we have the sight that we need to overcome the temptation that is from the enemy. And even when we recognize a trap, we can allow our flesh to rise up and allow that sin in our life. Um, without taking the time for each one of us to be with the Lord, our flesh becomes pretty strong. And we need to take the time to uh, allow the Lord to speak to us. And we need to be in a place where we are dwelling with him. He can and will deliver you. But you play a part in that too. You know, you can't, we can't just sit back and, and just ask for God's blessings to just overflow and, and fill us without being obedient to him, without spending time with him, without knowing him, without dwelling with him. So it's important that we reach out to him and allow him to work in us. Verse 4, he shall cover you with his feathers. This is a beautiful verse. Uh, 
he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. It's a wonderful picture, isn't it, of being under someone's wings, and they protect you, they cover you. Uh, it's just a great picture of safety, and it's many times uh, used in the Bible. Matthew 23, 37, one of the most famous examples is Jesus' own words. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather you, gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. Um, think of that, how the Lord wanted to bless the children of Israel, but they were not willing. Uh, I want to give you just two real-life examples I was thinking about. Uh, one was a story I heard, and one is, it happens at my work uh, often, but my uh, building is on about 45 acres of land, and uh, we have way too many geese. And so in the spring, after they mate, they, the, the mom finds a place uh, for her to lay the eggs and just cover them. And there's, for two years in a row, on, in our parking lot, you know, we have these trees and, you know, some grass. At the same place, two years in a row, there's geese, whatever a female geese is. Um, she lays her eggs there, and she stays there for, I don't know, weeks. And she doesn't leave the eggs, never. You, and you can't see them. But the, the, the male goose, um, when, when I would pull up, he'd come out and squawk and go off for a while, and, but she wouldn't move. She wouldn't move. But you could never see the eggs underneath until, you know, weeks later we have a million geese walking all over and, and doing their business all over the parking lot. And um, I've always thought we need a thinning of the herd, but we've not done that yet. Uh, the other example of this um, type of uh, covering is, I heard a pastor tell the story of a missionary was, um, I want to say Uganda, but I'm not sure. And there was a drought and there was a fire afterwards, and he had come across a charred hen. And um, so he just kind of nudged it with his foot, and it, 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 it was dead already, and it fell over. And out from under it came three chicks running, you know, just running out. And here that, that hen would not leave, uh, even when the fire engulfed her. So that is a great, a, a great picture, an example of what the Lord does for us, his ultimate protection for us, how he covers us uh, at all times when we dwell with him. So when we follow and obey God, his truth and faithfulness, protect us. And it's a large shield that will completely cover us in all situations. Uh, by the way, the term buckler in Hebrew means to go around. So you get this sense of a large, fully encompassing fortress. And it's where we are safe to do his will. Uh, but again, we got to want to be covered by him. And it's only through our dwelling with him, that, that deep relationship with him that we can experience 
his complete covering. All right, let's look at the, uh, the second part of the psalm, which is protected by God, and those are in the next uh, nine verses, 5 through 13. Verse 5, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. For he shall give you his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. When we dwell with the Lord, we take that time to work on that relationship. We're never alone. He completes what we cannot. He gives us strength when we're weak. Gives us peace during the storm. In verses 5 and 6, the psalmist writes that while under his wings, we will not be afraid of the dark physical ailments that can attack our body. Um, as you get older, you seem to get attacked more. If we're secure in our salvation, then we have an eternal view. And that eternal view uh, helps us understand that our body is a temporary tent, kind of a temporary dwelling place. Our hearts and minds cannot be touched when it's fixed on Christ and we have that heavenly perspective. Again, he gives us what we need. He completes what we need completed. And he gives us strength when we are weak. Verses 7 and 8, probably a reference to God's promises to Israel. Uh, Israel, um, if you think about it, they saw the grief of the Egyptians on Passover night when uh, the firstborn had died uh, for all the Egyptian people. Israel also saw the Egyptian army die on the shore of the Red Sea but no harm came to his people. God's angel had gone out before them, and they were protected and guided as they dwelt with God. God's promises remain for us today, but we need to stay in close communion with the Lord. And that's when we see the blessings of God, and we also see the snare of Satan. And we need to rely on him, even when we don't understand. And there's there's going to be times in our life when we don't understand why something has happened to us. Uh, we won't understand why we lose someone suddenly, a child, uh, a loved one that you just didn't see that coming. We don't understand why when we think we're doing his will, he makes us wait. Or we're looking for an answer and none seemingly comes. Or maybe you've been hurt by someone. Maybe someone, uh, I'm sure not at our church, uh, but maybe at a previous church. Uh, but it, it can happen anywhere. Uh, so all these things can happen, and you, you just don't understand why. 
And there's no earthly answer for the situation. But it's during these times that we have to remember that God remains in control. He is still our refuge. He's still our dwelling place. And we tend to, when things go wrong, kind of back off and say, I've had enough. I can't take it anymore. But it's really at that time that we need to spend more time with him. We need to dwell in his presence. That's when we have to have more time with him to understand his will for us. Looking at verses 9 through 13, they speak of additional promises available to his children. And as children of God, we are assured of his divine protection. So then you might ask, well, how can all these terrible things happen to me? Well, when you dwell in the presence of the Lord, you know that whatever does happen to you, you're still safe. It might be a terrible thing that you're going through, but it is in the perspective of heaven, still a temporary thing and something that will pass. And it's great to know that no evil will overcome us. And it's also a comfort to know that God uses his angels to keep us covered. There are, I think angels we, we don't talk about often enough, but there's 327 references to angels in the Bible. And, and this is just one of them. But his angels keep us covered. And as long as we don't run out of that covering, that is a very safe place to be. Matthew Henry said about angels, they are able to bear up the saints out of the reach of danger, and they do it with all the tenderness and affection wherewith the nurse carries the little child about in her arms. It speaks of helpless, meaning us, and the angels being helpful. We also see uh, in this section uh, the powers of darkness but they can't have victory over us. Not when we have the Lord as our refuge and our protection. Scripture calls Satan a roaring lion and a serpent. But the guardian has us covered when that roaring lion appears. He has no power over us. Uh, and I am thankful for God's angels uh, because I need, them. I need them often. Let me give you three verses here. Uh, starting with Romans 16.20. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Colossians 2.15. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing, triumphing over them in it. And then one of my favorite verses uh, that I wrote in later was uh, as Romans 8.31. Just a very simple verse, very powerful verse. If God is for us, who can be against us? Just a few words, but it, it, it reinforces uh, the, the sovereignty of God. Let's look at our last point, the blessings of God. Uh, just three verses. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. 
I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So in verse 14, the Lord tells us what he will do for us when we truly love him and dwell with him. And living an obedient life, that's the fruit of our salvation. It's how we know that we are dwelling with him. If if you have fruit in your life, we could see that the, the fruit of your salvation, you're dwelling with the Lord. It's also interesting to note the type of love that we see in verse 14. Uh, it, is, uh, it, it means to cling to, to be passionate about. So we as believers are to be passionate about our love for Jesus. We are to hold tight to him. It's not a flippant kind of love, um, like you might say in passing, hey, love you, man. If there's one thing that, that really... Uh, we talked about this at Bottom Rowers a little bit. If there's one thing that can get me uh, riled up, if you're watching a, a game and uh, maybe after the game you'll hear, the, you'll hear one of the athletes say, I, I just want to thank the big man upstairs. I'm thinking, what, do you have like a big guy on the second floor of your house or something? Because that's not the Lord. You know, w- w- what exactly does that mean? That's, that's a flippant type of comment about the creator. And... Uh, that kind of gets me going a little bit because they they have, some have a, um, uh, you have this availability of of honoring the Lord and then you use a comment like that and and it happens often, uh, but that's that's not the type of love that's described here in this verse. Uh, The love here is, you know, I never want to let you go type of love. It is a passionate love for the Lord. You know, you're not afraid to talk about Jesus. You're not afraid to, to say what he's done for you. It is a different uh, level than we often hear about um, either at a, you know, on TV or and even some, um, some believers. So we want to have that close, loving relationship, communicating often with him, keeping him always close to our hearts, in our minds. And when we pray to him, he answers. He's always with us. When we need him in troubled times, he's with us. When we're in abundance, when things are going really well, he is with us. We have to remember that the time that we spend alone with the Lord, where we really are taking time to just hear from him, uh, those are very important times. And uh, it took me a while to come to that, uh, whether hopefully you all are, are all doing that, but it is an important time to really uh, just hear from him and to speak with him in a, in, in a way that there is communication and it's close and it's loving. It's a father, it's a son, it's a father, it's a daughter. It's important that we have that type of relationship with him. Finally, in verse 16, The writer says that the Lord will satisfy us with long life. To the Jewish people uh, at this time, living a long life meant seeing generations come after you, right? Um, Abraham uh, wanted to live a full life. In Genesis 25.8, it meant to be full of years. So that was a 
that was a blessing for them to, to live long years and, you know, to see your children and grandchildren and perhaps great-grandchildren uh, come, come behind you. Uh, it, it is a tremendous blessing for those of you who have children and don't have grandchildren yet. It's a good thing. It is, uh, you know, there is a, a, a different type of love where they just love us, we just love them. Um, you know, they're, they're happy to see us. It's, it's a very cool type of relationship, and I, I see the blessing that, that it is. And, uh, I, you know, I have three of them, and it's, uh, it's a blessing that you perhaps I didn't quite see coming, um, you know, once they were born and we, you know, to see them grow up, it's, it's a tremendous blessing to be a grandparent. Um, I want to leave you, uh, we're going to finish a little differently tonight, but first I want to leave you with a quote, and I really uh, like this one. It's uh, from Warren Wearsby, and it talks about, you know, uh, the years that we live. And he wrote, it's one thing for doctors to add years to your life, but God adds life to your years, and that makes your life worthwhile. Let me read it again. It's one thing for doctors to add years to our life, but God adds life to our years, and that makes life worthwhile. Uh, God's blessings are the, are the best part of our lives, all right? And, and when we spend that time with them, and I've said the word dwelt or dwell probably 20 times tonight, and I, but I really wanted to get that, uh, uh, that point across in that it's great for us to come to church, it is. It, it's, I love coming here, and, and I think you all do too. But it is more important that on a personal level, you have communion with the Lord. Quiet time. Time where you're just holding him and he's holding you. Uh, so I want to uh, just encourage you to, to make sure you spend that type of time with him. He will be our refuge during the storm. Uh, that, that is not a debatable point. Uh, we will cling to him, and under his wings we are safe. That is the place that we can go. But we have to do our part. We have to spend time with him as well. So tonight, uh, I've left some time, and, and I'm going to uh, close in a different way tonight. Uh, you know, Pastor Tim has been sharing the priestly blessing out of Numbers chapter 6. Um, and so tonight, I so love this psalm that rather than me leaving you with some of my words, which are not going to bless you the way God's word will. So I'm going to read this chapter in full. Um, just read all 16 verses and uh, uh, just leave it with, the, with you guys. And then I'm going to pray, and you'll be dismissed. But I want God's word to be the last things that you hear tonight. All right? Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. He shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, 
nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all, all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let's pray.